0: The Johnson Wax program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah. The makers of Johnson Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> Throughout this time of year, you can be very thankful if you've been using the wax method of housekeeping. If you have, then you don't get the jitters over this spring house cleaning business. You can take that job in your stride because your floors, furniture, woodwork, and many other surfaces probably just need a touching up with Johnson's wax. This famous wax polish is more than just a product, it's a method of protective housekeeping. When you wax your things regularly throughout the year, you accomplish three important objectives. First, your home is more beautiful has that mellow wax-polished radiance that's so much admired. Second, your floors, furniture, woodwork, and accessories are protected against wear, dirt, and moisture by the tough film of Johnson's Wax. And third, you save hours and hours of work, both in your daily and weekly housework, and in these days of spring house cleaning. Believe me, it will pay you to adopt the modern wax method of housekeeping with genuine Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream. (laughs) Newspaper delivery boys have a little game they play called Let the Old So-and-So Look For It. The rules of the game are very simple. If it's a sunny afternoon, toss the paper up on the roof. If it's raining, throw it in the gutter. But the most fun is when there's deep snow on the ground. Then they can throw the paper almost any place and it won't be found until spring, if ever. Well, the game is on at 79 Wistful Vista. And guess who's it? Yep. Biver McGee and Molly. McGee, where are you?
1: Over here. Did you look under the rose bushes, dearie?
2: Did I look under the rose bushes, she says. Maybe I got so many thorns sticking out of my arms, I look like a porcupine. <laughs> Did you look around the side of the house?
1: Five times. I've worn a rut around the house eight inches deep.
2: If I ever lay my mitts on that delivery kid, I'll blow into his ears until he all swells up, and then I'll smack him on the britches till he busts open like a paper bag.
1: Laughter I'll admit he's been getting very careless lately.
2: Don't be silly. There's nothing careless about it when you can hide an evening paper this good. It takes planning and organization.
1: (laughs) Well, my goodness. I can just
2: see him now. Him and his pals, huddling together in an old abandoned warehouse with a blueprint of our house and extensive grounds, arguing about where to hide the paper tomorrow night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Say, I wonder if all the neighbors have the same trouble. There's Mr. Stroats over there on his porch. Ask him.
2: Why, George, I will. Hey, Sid Yeah?
1: Did
2: you get your evening paper tonight? Sure, why?
1: Where did you find yours, Mr. Schultz? Why, the boy rang my doorbell and handed it to me Why?
2: Oh, nothing Thanks, Sid <laughs> So, he rings other people's doorbells And hands them their paper, does he? The dirty little rag of pretzel
1: What? Don't you mean rag muffin?
2: No, muffins I like
1: <laughs>
2: Well, come on in the house, Molly The kid wins again
1: I wouldn't be too hasty in blaming the delivery boy, McGee. Maybe somebody came along and took our paper.
2: Oh, I'm not being hasty, Mrs. McGee. This ain't just a sudden whim of the moment. For seven years, that little bicycle bandit has been hiding our evening paper. Three days out of the week, he does it. If he'd only...
3: Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Has the evening paper come yet? Mm. I want to see what's at the Bijou Theater. What's the matter? Did I say something wrong? No,
1: Alice. No, dear, but the... uh... Well, the evening paper seems to have spread its little want ads and flown away.
2: We got a delivery boy with a new technique, Alice. Mm-hmm. He discovered a way to dig a hole in the lawn, bury the evening paper, and grow grass over the hole again, all in 20 seconds flat. <laughs> oh,
3: maybe the boy hasn't been here yet. My little brother Marvin used to have a paper out, and he fell off his bicycle one day and knocked himself out, and we would never have known about it if we hadn't seen his bicycle come rolling in the front gate with an empty saddle.
1: Oh, the boy went past here all right We know that, Alice He rang Mr. Strokes' doorbell and handed him his paper Yeah, how do you like that?
2: And to think that every Christmas Every Christmas I dig down and give that ungrateful little squirt 50 cents
3: I uh, happen to know that Mr. Strokes gives him $5 every Christmas
1: Heavenly days, $5? dollars huh?
2: Mm. That Strokes guy is going to ruin things for the whole neighborhood (laughs) Bucks, That ain't fair.
3: Well, Mr. Stroz makes a lot of money, Mr. McGee. Yeah. He promotes all the prize fights at the stadium, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say, uh, McGee, why don't you give the paper boy $10 every Christmas? Then maybe he'd bring the paper inside and read it to you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: sirree, I won't be shook down. I'm paying to have my paper delivered, and if the Gazette don't fulfill their part of the contract, I'll take it into every court in the country. I'll go higher than that. I'll write a letter to Fulton Lewis, Jr.
4: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what I'll do,
3: Mr. McGee. I'll run down to Kramer's Drugstore and buy an evening paper. Well, thank you, No, no,
2: no, no. Don't do that, Alice. There's a principle involved here. I'm entitled to have my paper delivered, and by George, they're going to deliver it.
3: Well, don't shake your fist at me, Mr. McGee. I didn't do anything.
2: Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean you. I was merely... Oh, look, dearie, Hmm? look.
1: Control yourself. What's so important about tonight's paper in particular?
2: Because it's got something about me in it. That's what's so important about tonight's paper in particular is why. Oh, creepers,
1: Mr. McGee. Did you write an article or something? Oh, he probably wrote another nasty letter to the editor, Alice. Threatening to cancel his subscription if they don't bring Daddy Warbucks back.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: On the contrary, girls, I gave the Whistle Mr. Gazette an important scoop. There was a reporter and a cameraman out here this morning while you were at the grocery, Molly.
1: Well, heavenly days, I wondered how the living room got so full of cigar butts and empty bottles. Mm.
2: <laughs> Boy, can those guys put away the root beer.
3: <laughs> what was the story you gave him,
5: Mr. McGee?
2: I'd prefer you read it in the paper, Alice. I'll, I'll get the. Hey, we haven't got a paper. Now hand me that phone, Molly. I'll call him up and demand a little service. Here you are. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the wistful Vista Gazette, you Merch Oh, I How's every little thing, Merch? Yes, huh? What's he, Merch? Your uncle Found $4,000 when he was digging in his victory garden
6: $4,000, sure enough
3: Why the southern accent, Mr. McGee?
2: It was Confederate money <laughs> What's he, Merch? Okay, I'll call later Line's busy
1: uh, tell us, McGee, what was the big scoop you gave the Gazette?
2: Oh, I don't want to tell. You'll read about oh, it.
3: Oh, please, Mr. McGee, tell us what it was it. Come on.
2: Well, all right. But you coaxed me. Yeah. I was looking out the front window this morning, and I saw it.
1: Saw what, dearie? An accident? A murder? Hit and run? A robbery?
2: No. The first robin'. Oh, no. oh. You'll read about it in the... Hey, we got to get a paper. Get your hat, Molly. We're going to go down to that Gazette, and I'll tear that joint apart if we
4: don't... <laughs>
0: Mills in the orchestra playing (laughs) Tandy.
2: like a newspaper office for excitement. If they don't start delivering my evening paper, they're going to have some. Hey, sis.
7: Yes, sir. What can I do for you, sir? Well, our evening paper was not delivered, and we want to... Oh, excuse me, madam. Whistle Vista Gazette. You saw what? A baby bear shuffling along at 14th and Oak Streets. Okay, Joe, I'll tell them.
2: Who's Joe, sis?
7: One of our cub reporters.
2: <laughs>
1: Now, uh, what was it you were saying, madam? Well, our evening paper was not delivered this evening, and... Hey, Bertie, call Eddie and tell him to change the we'll lead in the Shaw on. we double tucking the bulldog and eat a the over from right next to the mast head of the boilerplate. Murphy just tied page three, and Andy's on the lobster kick. Get right to Yes, sir.
2: <laughs> my gosh, what did he say, sis?
7: Search me, mister. <laughs> I worked here for six months, and I still don't know what they're talking about. Now, uh, what was it again? Well, our evening paper was. Let me handle
2: this, Molly. (laughs) Now, look, sis, I am an old subscriber, and when
7: I. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Whistle Vista Gazette. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, Lillian Lovejoy's Advice to the Heartbroken column. Yes. Oh, well, somebody else will have to write it for a couple of days. Yeah, okay.
1: Oh, I just love Lillian Lovejoy's column. I hope nothing has happened to her.
7: His wife just beat him up again, that's all. (laughs) Now, then, uh, you were saying...
2: Doggone it, sis. I was saying that I'm an old subscriber to this paper. And I pay for having it delivered. But tonight... That... Hey, kid, tell Edelson we need a new leg man on the city hall beat.
1: What happened to the other one?
2: Broke his leg.
1: <laughs> my, my, something doing every minute around here, isn't it?
4: Yeah.
2: I used to be in the newspaper racket myself, sis. Had a pretty soft touch, too. In Death Valley, that was. What was your assignment? I covered the waterfront. <laughs> Enough. Now, looky here, sis. If this half-baked, illiterate rag don't want a lawsuit on its hand, they'd better do... Just... I
7: think you'd better see the managing editor, sir. Right to that door there. Thank you
1: very much. Come on, McGee. Uh,
2: I shouldn't ought to waste my time with these small fry. I should ought right to buy rights take this up directly with the publisher.
1: Who is the publisher?
2: I don't know. It's never been published. <laughs> hey, Bud, are you the managing editor? Yes, go, Tim.
1: How do you do, Mr. Tim? Oh, hi, bro. You... <laughs> Now,
2: look, I'm Mr. McGee of 79 whistle biscuits. And... Oh, come in, Mrs. Carstairs.
1: Well, heavenly days. Hello,
3: Mrs. Carstairs. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? What a pleasant surprise, finding you without your... Oh, there you are, Mr. McGee.
8: <laughs>
2: Hi, Carstairs. Aren't you a little out of your league,
8: messing around with these newspaper stumble bums? Mrs. Carstairs occasionally drops in to assist Mrs. Rice, our society editor, Mr. McGee. <laughs>
1: Isn't yeah. that interesting? Uh,
6: yeah. You know, I,
1: I always read the society column myself, and when I saw the item last night about Betty Swizzlestick getting engaged to Mortimer Borden, Eggworthy Third, why, I was so thrilled I almost burnt the hamburgers. <laughs>
3: Well, my dear, I feel that with my entree to the homes of our better element, I can better assist in discouraging the nouveau riche in their aspirations to social ascendancy.
1: Uh, how was that again, Mrs. Carter?
2: <laughs> she says that being able to crash the comfort group herself, she can put the slug on the hoimful Lawyer with the fast-folding dough when, when they try to mingle with the Mayflower mob. Slap <laughs> me down if I called it wrong, Kirsty. It
3: was admirably, if a trifle crudely, expressed, Mister McGee. Yeah. You see, we of the social register feel that family background and good breeding are so much, much more important than the possession of mere money.
2: What's so darn mere about money?
1: <laughs> I know exactly what she means, McGee. She just hates to see the four hundred mark down to three ninety eight. <laughs> By the way, Missus Carstairs, how are you getting along with your old clothes? My old clothes, I beg you.
3: Oh, oh, you mean our collection for war victims. Oh, splendidly, my dear, splendidly.
8: Excuse me, but I'm a busy man and I have work to do. What did you want to see me about, Mrs. Carstairs?
3: What did I wish to... Oh, oh, yes. Uh, I think this is a very interesting item for tomorrow's society column, Mr. Canfield, about Mrs. Winterbottom Huntley winning first prize at the horse show.
8: Okay, Mrs. Carstairs, go ahead and use it.
2: Yeah, I've seen pictures of her, Carstein. She'd win a prize at any horse show.
1: <laughs> uh, He's just joking, Mrs. Carstairs. Uh,
3: uh, of course, my dear. However, I must say that the resemblance to dumb animals is not exclusive with any one section of society. Good <laughs> day.
2: What did she mean by that last crack? Was she incinerating... Excuse me, Mr. McGee. What did you want to see me about?
1: Well, our paper was not delivered tonight, Mr. Editor, Uh,
8: Excuse me, excuse me. Managing editor? What? Well, listen, Clancy, I'm getting tired of your excuses. You come back with that yarn, or you're fired, see? Important story, bud? No, my wife is trying to finish knitting a sweater, and I sent one of the boys out for some more
2: wool. (laughs) Now, uh, <clears throat> what was your trouble?
1: Well, our paper wasn't delivered
2: tonight, and we talked... I'm to maybe... paying to have my paper delivered, bud, and... by George, hey, paper? Where's the managing editor?
8: I'm the managing editor. What's on your mind? I want to report a crime. I was walking up Oak Street, you see, and... Oh, hello, Molly. Hi, Fibber.
1: Hello, Mr. Wilcox.
8: Hi, Junior. What was it? A shooting? The reason I asked Please, it, let the man talk. Let's have it, son. We can still make the last edition. What was the crime?
0: Well, I was walking up 14th Street, you see, and this tough-looking guy steps out of a doorway and forces me into a taxi cab at the point of a gun.
1: Heavenly days. No
0: crime in that, Junior. Only way you can get the cab these days is with a gun.
1: <laughs> My
8: gosh, did you ever... Let the a... man talk, will you?
0: Go on, Wilcox. Well, we went out to the suburbs, and I was taken into a house. Nice house, too. Except the <laughs> kitchen linoleum was faded and worn and in very bad shape. Mm. Well, sir, I said to the man, what do you want with me? And he said, you represent the Johnson wax mob, don't you? And I said, yes.
2: Since when did anybody have to force you to admit that, Waxy? <laughs> I never knew you were a Right th- down, William you, McGee? Okay.
0: Go on, son. Well, the guy said, tell me what to do about this linoleum. And I did. I said, get some Johnson self-polishing glow coat." I said, pour out a little, spread it around, and let it dry. You'll be surprised what coat will do to bring back the sparkle and beauty of linoleum. Make it last six to ten times as long. Make your wife's work ten times as easy, because spilled things wipe up so easily. And it eliminates old-fashioned floor scrubbing. Well, sir, the man was so happy about it, he drove me back downtown, shook hands, and drove away.
1: Yeah, but what was the crime, Mr. Wilcox?
0: Why, gee whiz, letting his linoleum get into such a condition when a little Johnson's glow coat would so easily preserve and protect it. Don't you think that's a good human interest story for the Gazette? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: Friend of yours? Just on Tuesdays.
1: <laughs> I don't get it. Well, if you went around with us, you would.
2: <clears throat> but about our evening paper, bud. When I subscribed to it, it was understood it would be delivered every night. But tonight... I, I think th- you ought to
8: talk to our circulation manager about that.
2: Second door down the hall.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Uh, it seemed you were getting pushed around here, Molly.
1: I haven't seen a prettier run around since they closed the racetracks, do you?
2: <laughs> Well, I'm beginning to burn. That's what I'm beginning. Here I go, give them a swell scoop about seeing the first robin. Oh, and... Mickey,
6: look who's coming down the hall. Where? Oh. Oh, hi, Beulah. Well, for goodness sake, my people.
4: <laughs> my, my,
6: what are you doing down here, Beulah? Oh, I'm looking for the class of Friday the advertising department now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Classified Advertising Department. What are you advertising for, Beulah?
6: And nothing, sir. I'm answering an ad I saw last night's paper. But oh. <laughs> well, what, what are you folks doing down here? I ain't being too nosy.
1: <laughs> well, we came down to complain about our paper not being delivered, Beulah, and we haven't got the first base. So
6: we left home some time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that paper delivered, boy, is sure getting careless, ma'am. Last Friday, he flang that paper smack up into the old elm tree in the front yard.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: now, I like Mr. Winslow, but I ain't going to climb no tree to read about who's expecting what.
4: <laughs>
2: well, they make newspapers out of trees, Beulah, but it looks like we're going to have the only tree in the country made out of newspapers.
6: <laughs> oh, there you go, <laughs> <laughs> uh, What did you say you were going to advertise for, Beulah? Me, ma'am? ain't advertise for nothing. Anything I need. Got a job and my health and a boyfriend. As long as I got my health, I can hang on to my job. As long as I got my job, I can hang on to my boyfriend. As long as I got my boyfriend, everything is
2: hypothetical. I thought you said you were looking for the classified advertising department, Beulah.
6: Yeah, that's the truth, sir. I saw an ad last night's tape. I'm going to answer. What kind of an ad, Beulah? Well, here, just right there, man. Look here. See what's in here? Wanted cook for small family. Must be pleasant and congenial. High salary for a right person. Two days a week off. Use of car. No laundry. Box 227 Gazette.
1: Oh, Beulah, I'm so sorry to hear that.
6: Hear what, ma'am?
2: Well, if you're answering that ad, it looks like you weren't quite happy with us, Beulah. However, if you can do better someplace else, I guess I don't blame you. Well, just look.
6: Oh, for goodness sake, Mr. McGee. I ain't going to leave you, fool. How do you get a ridiculous idea like that? Well, if you're happy with
1: us, Beulah, why are you answering ads like this?
6: Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart, ma'am. This little old ad looked like it was aimed at me. See, I'm a good cook, ain't
5: hmm
6: And I'm pleasant congenial, in it.
5: Yes, but... Well,
6: sir, sir, so I think it's only polite of me if I come down here and tell Mr. Box 227 that I don't want the job. Oh... i of you, Beulah. Yeah, you had
2: me scared there for a minute, though, Beulah. Anytime you quit cooking for us, I'll have our napkins bordered in black.
6: Oh, that's so nice of you to go to all that. Oh, look at here, What you? <laughs> <laughs> I love
4: them, man. The King's Man and the
0: Three Cavalieros.
5: Three game, caballeros, they say we are birds of a feather. We're happy amigos, no matter where he goes. We one, two and three ghosts, we're always together. One, two, three. Sumos los tres charos, los tres caballeros, y nadie es igual a nosotros. Felices amigos, siempre vamos jugando. We ride on, play as we go. We sing and we, we, we shout, we shout ay calambo, what means ay calambo? Oh yes, we know. La 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la. Three happy chappies were snappy so that's beneath our we <laughs> brave and the stay so bright as a Who says so? so. The three caballeros. <laughs> squall. We stand close together, all for one, one for all. Like books on a shelf, never mind what they fall. Good pals, are oh, we may be, when some Latin baby say yes, no, maybe. Each man for himself, each man for himself, each man.
2: Which door down the hall did that guy say, Molly?
1: Third, wasn't it? This is the third door right here. Go on in. Oh.
4: Yes. What
5: was it you wanted? Please? The
2: circulation department, sis. We were looking. It's to...
1: the next
5: door to oh, the
1: <laughs> Here, here. Now, what's the matter, dear? What's wrong?
5: Nothing, madam. This is the comic strip department. Dick <laughs> Tracy is caught in that box car. <laughs> Sort bananas on the lamb again. Dagwood can't get any sleep. It's just trouble,
4: trouble,
2: trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of it, Molly, there's nothing sadder than a funny paper these days.
1: <laughs> Compared to the comic strips, the radio serials are just full of happy laughter. Yeah. Well, here we are, McGee, right in here.
2: Well, hello there, folks.
1: Why, Dr. Gamble. Hi,
2: Aerosmith. What are you doing down here? Trying to wangle a little free publicity? If it's any of your business,
9: knucklehead, I have just finished giving the circulation manager an examination. He hasn't been feeling very well.
1: Oh, he's the one we want to see, too, doctor. Yeah.
9: Well, you'll have to wait a few minutes,
2: my dear. Let him get his shirt and pants back on. Mm-hmm. He probably scared the pants off him. <laughs> Anybody that comes to you for medical advice is just begging to put you on a pension.
9: I don't know of anyone more deserving. But what are you doing here, Molly? Is the poor man's Ernie Pyle here giving out with some editorial advice?
5: No,
1: no, Doctor. We just came down to complain about our paper not being delivered.
2: Though, while I'm here, tonsil snatcher, I could very well give him an editorial or two. You
9: don't say. Well, let's go sit under the oaks, Dumbarton, and discuss them. <laughs>
1: himself here has a wonderful idea for permanent peace in the world.
9: I would dearly love to hear it. The solution has eluded the best minds of the past few centuries.
2: It'd be just like a little peasant like him to pop up with the answer. And I got the answer, too. Hmm? Look, Germany starts all the wars, don't she? Yeah. Well, I'd take Germany and call it Switzerland, see? That's a peaceful name. Then I'd take Switzerland and name it Germany.
9: Fascinating.
2: Then the next time Germany wanted to start a war, she'd look around and see how small she was... Sitting up there on top of the Alps, and she changed her mind. Simple, ain't it?
1: I thought it was a wonderful idea, Doctor.
9: It staggers the imagination. In fact, if you'll excuse me, I want to run home and lock myself in my study with a pony of buttermilk and ponder the suggestion. See you later, friends. So long, butcher boy.
1: Uh, say, uh, by the way, Doctor, what was wrong with the circulation manager?
9: Poor circulation.
2: You know what, Molly? I might apply for a job as a political analyst on this newspaper.
1: Yes, you might indeed, dearie. And you've got a 50% chance of getting it, too. Do
2: you really think so?
1: I certainly do. They'll either say yes or no, which gives you an even break.
2: Yeah. They might even send me to Europe as a foreign correspondent. You wish to see me...
1: Are you the circulation manager?
2: Yes, madam. Well, what do you know? We finally got to somebody that can give us an answer. Now, look, bud. I've been subscribing to your evening Wahoo for a long, long time now, see? And when I pay for having a paper delivered, I want it delivered.
9: You haven't been getting your paper?
2: Well, if we got it tonight, it was
1: printed on cellophane and delivered by the invisible man.
4: <laughs>
2: if you guys want a lawsuit on your hands for a breach of contract, you can have it. My patience is just about exhausted, bud. And by George... Just a minute, please. What was the name?
1: The Whistful Vista Gazette. We've been subscribing <laughs> to... No, that.
2: no, no, madam. Your name. Oh. Fiverr McGee. One moment, I'll look in the file. M. 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 Hmm. Oh, here we are. Fibber McGee of 79 Whistle Vista? That's right. Now, none of your phony alibis either, too, bud. They hand the guy across the street's paper to him, Sid Strokes, and I'm sick and tired of... Excuse ha- me, Mr. McGee. According to our files, your subscription expired three weeks ago. Really? We delivered up to last night as a courtesy. You were sent three notifications, which you ignored.
1: Oh, for goodness' sakes!
2: Oh my gosh! Well, gee whiz! I'm I. Am... <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you know about that? Well, uh, I'll write you a check, Bud. Now start delivering it again yeah, tomorrow. Sorry, sir. Under present conditions, we are taking no new subscribers. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: the month of showers and rubbers, it's a good time to be sure your linoleum floors are protected with Johnson's Glow Coat. Muddy or wet tracks and spilled things are wiped up quickly with a damp cloth if your floors are glow-coated. And that means you can keep your linoleum clean and beautiful, protected against wear and moisture with a very minimum of work on your part. It's so easy to use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. You simply apply and let dry. And in 20 minutes, without any rubbing or buffing, your floors have taken on a beautiful polish. The colors of the linoleum, fresh and bright. The regular use of glow coat will add greatly to the life of your linoleum. And that's very important in these times. If you're not already using Johnson's glow coat, try some, won't you?
2: I wouldn't even have bought their dirty old swindle sheet if it didn't have my name in it. Of all the... Oh,
1: wait. Here's the story, dearie. Ah, with a picture of the robin. Well, never
2: mind the robin. What's it say about me? Let
1: me see. It says, Wistful Vista's first robin was cited this morning. Yeah, that's it. By a neighbor of Mr. Sidney Stroats, <laughs> long <long-time> subscriber. What? <laughs> yes.
2: Why, though, sure? Uh, <clears throat> good night.
1: Good night, all.
0: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax finishes for home and industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
8: This is the National Broadcasting Company.